Here's episode four, Braver Podcast. Welcome to the Braver Podcast, the podcast that's focused on helping real estate business owners to transition from doing it all themselves to building a true business that creates freedom for them. Each week, we grow braver together by focusing on facing the fears and what we're avoiding to grow to the next level. If you want to hear more about building a true business, getting motivation and encouragement, leadership, spirituality, and growing braver, you found the right podcast. Thanks for listening. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Braver Podcast. I've got my really, really good friend, Don Costa, on the show. Super excited for you guys to hear the interview that we had where he got deep. He got into how he needed to get out of his own way to find success because he was trying to control everything. And that's why his first team that he set up failed. And he shares in detail what that was like and and how he overcame that and created a team that's really working very well. Also, he talks about this this uh, this thing called unconscious competence, which is a really cool idea and really looking forward to you guys being able to hear about that. This is a great, great episode. Uh, before we dig in real quick, this episode is brought to you by Forefront CRM. That's our software helping you turn more leads into deals. If you'd like for us to show you real quick, one-on-one, how that works and how that can help you turn more of your leads into deals, Go to ForefrontCRM.com and click the book a demo button so that you can choose a time that works for you and we'll show you the Forefront CRM. All right, let's get right into it. All right, welcome back to the podcast today. I've got my good friend, Don Costa. So excited to uh, record this interview with him. Welcome to the show. I'm, I'm glad to be here, Danny. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. All right, Don is the host of the Flip Talk podcast as well as other things, a lot of other things. And... Uh, a very impressive uh, career in real estate investing and, uh, you know, doing some coaching. And uh, I think he's got top notch, uh, you know, coaching and training and all that kind of stuff. And I'll let him describe all of that. Why don't we just get started with a quick intro as to your experience in the business and, and share everything that you're doing now. Yeah, you know, evolution, right? We've been having a conversation this morning about evolution and just thinking about the evolution of my career. You know, I was, I've been an entrepreneur my entire life. Um, I've owned multiple businesses. Um, you know, real estate is my widget that's, uh, that has caused my entrepreneur journey to blow up. Obviously, in 2003, I started door knocking pre foreclosures and, uh, and just had a wild ride. Uh, you know, I've, I've done some episodes before, so people can look back at some um, old episodes of your Flipping Junkie podcast. And uh, is that okay to mention here? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So, uh, and, uh, and hear my story about losing everything. I don't want to jump into that too much right now because I know that we got other things to talk about, but I lost everything from being a tool and a fool and then had to rebuild. So, and it's been an amazing journey. Um, you know, I have built a, a business now that um, we, we're in multiple states. Um, I go, I'm in California, I'm in Tennessee. Oregon, we're expanding into, um, you know, some other states here. I'm actually working on some national campaigns on my real estate investing side that I'm excited about. And, uh, and then of course, we've launched an amazing mastermind called the Inner Circle Elite for, you know, just to be able to hang around with some incredible investors and network and share ideas and growth and have each other's back. And then of course, you know, looking to help people who are newer in the business get started as well. So I never, you know, I didn't get into this business to get into coaching people, but I got to a point in my business where 
my business was operating on its own and I was bored and I didn't want to break anything. So I decided to launch a podcast and uh, flip talk, of course, and then flip talk evolved into opportunities and relationships and then people wanting to learn. And, and so it just kind of evolved into to what it is. And so that's where we're at today. Nice. And why I love you so much is because you are a giver, a true giver, and there's never strings attached. There's never any kind of like, Hey, I did this thing for you. You just do it. I mean, and that's, you know, with, with having the mastermind and all of that, I just want to say that because I want people to know that that's where you're coming from. There's been other uh, masterminds, you know, that I know about and other spaces too, not just this industry where it becomes a thing about the numbers, like our membership numbers, and it becomes this thing and it kind of loses the, the beauty of it. The true point of a mastermind is for people to come together and help each other raise up. Right. And it's, it's about giving, you know, the people have to give if, if the people in the group do not give and just take and just want somebody above them to help them you know, and so you set the example, you set it by giving of yourself mm -hmm. more than I've seen most other people. And then that other people in the group do the same because you're, you know, modeling the behavior. So it's really cool. I just want to mention that. Appreciate that. Yeah. 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 All right. Let's talk about, and now since you also help a lot of other investors, these questions that I'm going to ask, you know, you can ask them from, or answer them from your perspective or from the perspective of what you've seen as the common kind of issue or common thing, because I think both will be helpful. And like I mentioned before, this podcast really is focused on, you know, the, the people that have been in the business generating leads and doing some deals, but they feel like they're on this, this hamster wheel, this like stuck in this trap of more leads, more deals, and not seeing the true freedom or even the ability to get to the true freedom part of it that they had hoped for. And so looking at like, what are the, the things that we're avoiding or what are the fears that we have and things like that. And um, so I'm going to get into questions related to that. But I do also really quick want to say that if you've listened to the previous episodes so far on this podcast, which is a new podcast, I think probably all of all the other interviews that I've had, I think everybody has mentioned you, Don. <laughs> so if, if you've listened to that, you've heard that name, this is, this is who that is. And so it's really cool. Um, yeah, I think, I think everybody did maybe, but anyway, so quite popular. You've, you've helped a lot of people because that's why they mentioned you. So, uh, let's get into this. So if you were, you know, and this is, uh, let me see. So if you want to answer from your perspective, think back to where, before you grew a team, and maybe this could even be like what, what happened, you know, after or during, you know, the crash back in 2008 you know, a discussion of that. But what did you have to do to become braver to, to transition your business to where it was actually working more for you? Well, I, you know, that, that answer could be answered like so many different ways. And I think everybody is going to, they're going to answer it from their own personal perspective, right? We all have this frame, you know, this lens we see life through and it's based on our experience and everything else. And and, and your experience in life and your fears or your understanding of being a leader, um, it's going to dictate that answer. For me, <clears throat> for instance, I had to get out of my own way. I had to, I had to be brave enough to understand that I was not um, the end-all be-all, that I didn't have to control everything, that all decisions didn't have to come through me. Like the first team I set up, I ultimately failed um, when the market, obviously when the market 
crashed, it, it shined a light on the fact that I was running a horrible business because I was really running a horrible business in a market that any fool could run a business and look like they were a genius, um, 2003, four and five. And when the market crashed, it put a big spotlight on the fact that I was a horrible leader. And part of that was the fact that I felt like I had to control every aspect of my business. I, I would hire people and then I wouldn't give them permission to be great, to be exceptional or excel in the organization. I didn't give them the freedom to make decisions and do their job. I had to control everything. And that's where most entrepreneurs really fail, I think, in their first round of leadership and their first round of hiring is they're afraid to let go of control. You know, and so for me, when it comes to being braver, I had to be brave enough to count on people that I hired. I had to hire people and count on them to do the job I hired them for and get the hell out of their way and let them do it. The whole reason why we hire people usually is because we hire people to do something we suck at or we hate to do. So why the hell are we still staying in the weeds trying to control the stuff we suck at if we're hiring somebody that's better at us, yeah. better than us at it? Or that we hate, if we hate to do it, why are we still in the weeds trying to control it? Why not just get out of the way and let somebody who loves it or somebody who's great at it, do it and do it better than we can possibly do it. And I think that re looking in the mirror and being honest with myself about that, and it took losing everything, like literally like losing everything to really have that epiphany. So it wasn't like I was smart. Um, it just was like, I'm banging my head against the wall. And why am I banging my head against the wall? Yeah. Oh, it's because I'm an idiot and I'm in the way. So um, that is part of, I think the first answer I'll give you. Yeah. So what do you think that is though? Why, why do you think that you, you felt like you had to control it? What, what was there? And this could get a little personal. I mean, I don't know, but what, whatever you want to share. I mean, why do you think that you might've wanted to control or felt like you still needed to hover and, and make sure that things were done a certain way? I think, I mean, I think it's a good, good um, question. I don't think that is just, just me as an entrepreneur. I think that um, look, as entrepreneurs, we have this disease, right? We're fighting against the world that doesn't believe in the dream that we have. We're usually surrounded by people, family, and friends who think that that whatever it is we want to do is impossible, or a scam, or a, you know, uh, Uncle Bob opened a restaurant and failed and went bankrupt. And so, if you open a restaurant, you're going to fail and go bankrupt, right? And so, we're hearing this stuff and we're fighting against the world to prove that no, we're we're capable and we're smart enough to do this. And I I think that that's that thing that makes us wonderful at, at digging through the BS and dragging things to the finish line uh, makes us also, it, I, I don't want to say it, what's the word? Um, it's an arrogance, right? To a certain degree and naivety to a certain degree. And I think that when we haven't been able to count on anybody to believe in us to a certain point, when we finally start bringing people in and we get to believe in them to, to, to have our back, I think it's a, it's a hard conversion. It's a hard switch to flip in an entrepreneur's head, most entrepreneur's heads. And, um, and I don't think it's, I don't think we realize we're doing it at first. Um, we bring people in because we don't want to do these things, but then we become a bottleneck and we slow our organization down. And I don't, I don't even think most, I didn't realize I was doing it until I failed. And I, I had, I had the opportunity of failure, which is the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Cause I could look back at Monday morning quarterback and go, why did I, why did that fall apart? Oh, that was me. You know, that was my fault. You know, sometimes, you, sometimes the blessing that you have is failure and, and most people fear that, right? Um, you know, I would, had I continued to run a business and the market hadn't crashed, I would have run a horrible business for a lot of years that wasn't ever reaching the position it could have reached, mm -hmm. um, you know, because I was too busy being in, in the thick of it and not realizing my faults. At some point, I probably would have grown, but, you know, who knows?
So I think it's the entrepreneurial disease. I think it's part of how we're built as entrepreneurs. Um, we feel like we have to square peg round hole everything and we bring a team in, we continue to do it. Yeah, nice. That's a really good answer. When, when you look at back then and when you were kind of controlling everything, you brought people on because you didn't want to do it. Was there anything that, that you, and, and from hindsight, right, you've, you've probably realized a lot of things, but what are some things that, that you avoided doing, like giving, like what are some examples of, of giving the people the freedom to do their job and to, do you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> you know, part, part of it is giving them reason, you know, giving them ability to, to fail and giving them the ability to make mistakes, you know. I'm giving them the ability to grow in their positions. So if you, you, first and foremost, I guess to step, step back, a lot of us will hire and we'll throw somebody into the weeds and we won't give them proper training. And then we'll basically, we'll hold that against them when that's again, our fault. Um, we'll throw somebody into a position and we'll just layer the weight of the entire position on top of them and expect them to not sink. And again, that's our fault. And so, you know, understanding that we didn't become who we are as individuals in our businesses overnight, that we had trials and tribulations, failures, sometimes years of growth personally um, to become who we are, that we can't just hire somebody in, expect them to know everything and put the weight of the, the business on top of them. We have to take the time to teach them, take the time to allow them to make mistakes and learn from them, give them permission to make mistakes and learn from them, and then layer the weight of the position um, onto them over time. And as they grasp it and master one section of it, add another section of it. And um, I've learned that the hard way. And um, ultimately, um, you know, that, that is, the, and, and that builds trust, right? You know, you, it builds trust to be able to let go and understand that they are capable. Um, I, if that makes any sense, I guess the, the, just to kind of sum it up, we take somebody, we throw them into the fire, and then we say, basically, you know, oh, well, you're, you're on fire, uh, you failed, <laughs> uh, you know, and, uh, and, 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 and we think it's their fault. And it's not, it's ours, you know, and, and, and it's in our expectation, in our, in our ability to, to teach and lead and, and help. And, and uh, you have to, and that's, that's, that's another struggle because I've, I've learned that I've used this term many times, and I heard this in, in something, it was a, in another mastermind, I mean, but they use the word unconscious competence. We have learned through trials and tribulations and failures to do things, and we don't even know why we do them. And so part of that as an entrepreneur, most of us entrepreneurs are visionary. Part of that is it makes it almost impossible for us to be able to teach or explain to somebody why we do what we do or how we do what we do. And so you need to understand that. And again, going back to braver, right? I'm going to hammer that in. You have to be brave enough to see these faults in yourself and make those changes. And, and sometimes it's tough. Like I don't, I don't like the idea of having to sit down sometimes and, and walk somebody through the basics of something, but if I want them to be successful, that's my responsibility. And so I have to understand this is the, the, and be able to articulate, this is what I need you to do. This is why I need you to do it. And, um, and th this, is, this is how I was successful at it. And we have to take the time to be able to learn to articulate that. And not just, you should know what I'm thinking and go do it. And that's another mistake that we make as leaders. So ultimately, at the end of the day, we got to become teachers and mentors. And um, we got to understand, even if that, like, for instance, for me, trying to teach my sales team, I'm getting on phones right now and then breaking down my calls because I can't explain why I pivot where I pivot and say what I say. Mm. So 
I'm going to get on a call and I'm going to tear that call apart and say that, you know, I said this here, 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 and this is why, and this is what I was thinking. And so that's my way of teaching them to, you know, hopefully accomplish what I accomplish, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. With, so teaching, right? Like that's, that's something I myself have, you know, struggled with because it's like, well, I can sit there and say, well, they're not motivated. They're not owning their position. They're not thinking of these things and get frustrated. But did you get their buy-in? You know, and that's, these are, I learned all this, not because I'm a genius, because I actually failed at it like a hundred times. And then I stopped and went, well, let's, let's talk about this. Like how do you get the buy-in? Well, for instance, like when we were in 2018, we had not, we had not implemented lead managers in our organization. Um, acquisitions and dispo basically, well, we didn't even have, we were, we were implementing dispo. I should say acquisitions was answering the calls and going on appointments. Um, and we hired lead managers and I sat down with the first girl I hired who's still with me today. And I said, this is where we're at. We're at point A, point A and I want to be at point Z. And I don't know what the middle looks like. I don't, I was honest. I don't know what the middle looks like. This is where we're at. And this is where I want to be. And I need your help to help me get there. Are you cool with that? And she said, yeah. And so we talked multiple times a day. What are your problems? What are your struggles? What do you need? Um, where the di- where's the disconnect? And we learned like communication from the back of the house to the front of the house was an issue. So we started implementing things with communication. We implemented, implemented Slack. We implemented a few other things in our organization for communication. And, um, you know, over time, we went from multiple times a day to once a day to once every other day to once a week, you know, and then the meeting evolved to the point to where we didn't need to meet as much but I had their buy-in and then I cared about their feedback and we implemented changes based on their feedback. And, um, you know, we ended up doing the end day reports and different things like that. So I could have transparency, they could have accountability and even the end of day reports, um, that we did in our operation. Uh, I bring that up cause we talked about in, in, a, in just in an episode where I interviewed you a few minutes ago. So, um, they, I got their buy-in by sitting down with all of them. And I said, every one of you guys, this is the information I want. Just send me an email at the end of the day. And every one of them forward demanded their, their, the email differently. And I took the parts I liked about the different emails and I put them together. And I said, now this is what it needs to look like. You know? And so the team had, but every, every member of the team had contribution to that, you know, to the final product. And so that's how I ended up with buy-in. And it's, it's funny that like, that wasn't purposeful, but as I look back on it, that's part of the way is just being totally honest with your team and, and help, having them, you know, work with you and give their input and understanding. And if it's something you've always done a certain way, and now you're hiring somebody, well, tell them, this is the way I've always done it. And this is where I'd like you to start. But if you find better opportunities to become more efficient, I would like to hear that. That gets buy-in, that mutual respect of I'm part of something and I'm part of making it better and I'm not just pigeonholed in something that I hate to do forever or I'm not, I'm not listened to or I'm not heard, that's not going to get buy-in, you know? But if you say, if you find better opportunities, you find a better solution, if there's a better system or process that we can use and, and, and you know, let me know and we'll have that conversation. And if I feel like I can wrap my head around that, then we'll go ahead and implement it. If I don't, then I'll let you know why. Hmm. You know, and that creates buy-in. That, that creates a, a, an environment of people who are working with you and not just for you. Right, right. And it is kind of amazing how much, how easy it is to, to assume that somebody should know what they're supposed to do. Right. 
Right. So what, how do you combat that when you when you have a team now and you have somebody come in? How do you onboard them? How do you get them up up to speed as quick as possible and, and being a part of your, you know, your your whole team? Well, uh, I always, you know, first and foremost, I do know that somebody is better than me do that. <laughs> so because I'm not the best at onboarding them. But um, honesty, you know, um, look, I, I'm going to be the first one to admit, like, I am not, I mean, I'm an imperfect human being. I am a visionary. Um, I, I am the most patient, impatient person you're ever going to meet. <clears throat> and so, you know, generally that, that is, that is always my conversation. The first thing is that I'll tell them is if you're successful in your position, you never have to see me here. You know, that's what success in your position means. So that's the goal. I set up the expectation. So if I'm gone for a month and they're not pissed off that I'm on vacation and they're here working, um, that, um, you know, we're here to work together to basically, if you're, you're working directly with me, right, we're here to work together to make your position the most successful position it can be. And this is, this is a team effort between me and you. And then, it, then it's multiple meetings. If now at this point in time, if you're coming into the organization on, and you're not working directly with me, then you're being onboarded by somebody that's better at it than me. I've gotten that off my plate because I'm, I'm not the person who's going to sit down and go through everything with you. I'm just not, I don't, I don't want to do it. And so um, I found somebody to do it for me. But if you were working directly with me, then it's a conversation of expectation, being real, setting the stage, and then having conversations about you know, what the position is going to ultimately look like and feel like and how we're going to get there and then working together on a regular basis to make sure that that is implemented to the point where you can walk on your own. Nice, nice. Yeah, and having, I like that you preface that whole thing with I'm not the person not the, that you've got somebody because yeah. you knew that that wasn't, I mean, what kind of role is that? Like somebody that that does that for you? So like, if you're going to be doing acquisitions, you're going to be onboarded by our sales manager. And, you know, if you're going to be doing, you know, I mean, we have a project manager organization. If you're going to be doing anything in project, we actually have two, but if you're going to do anything in project management, my head project manager is going to be the one that would onboard you and help you out. In fact, even if you come in an acquisition, you're usually going to do some work with our project manager to understand what they do and why they do it and what their role is and in numbers. And so Lucius is going to work with you a little bit in that process. Um, you know, we have a whole training process for acquisitions team that was actually built by the acquisitions team, um, you know, to based on what they felt they needed to know or the missing holes when they came into the organization. So we're having that conversation, you know, when you came in, what was missing, what, what do we need to add? And then they go through and they put that in, they update the training and they onboard the individuals. So depending on your role is going to kind of be dependent on how and who you're going to be onboarded by. But the moral of the story is, is don't feel like you have to be the one that always does it, you know? Yeah, no, I like that. And I, I was just writing, taking notes about the updating, you know, that training for everybody that comes in that way. That's, you know, it's a living, you know, process. It should be, you know, ask, ask the newest person in your organization, like, what do you, you know, after, after they've been there a few months and they could understand and articulate it, but what, what was, what do you feel like you're getting, you know, that you learned about the job or that could have helped you in the training? Mm-hmm. Nice. You know. Awesome. So you've shared your perspective. I've got two directions that I'd like to try to go in if we can, yeah. but if we only have one. All right. So the first one is, and I'll let you choose which one you want to talk about first, if you want to talk about them. The first one is with what you're doing now, right? Like what, what you're doing now, same sort of things at the level that you're at now, what are the fears that you're, you know, facing and overcoming to get to the next level 
and possibly something that even you're avoiding right now that you know you're avoiding that you just need to, what is it, eat the frog or whatever. Um, and then the other direction, should you choose to talk about that one is from the people that you've helped through your training, through your mastermind. And I, I know that it's like a, a level thing where people level up through the whole thing. What are some of the ones that you've seen that people typically come to you with that they're that causes them to really avoid? Like they're just avoiding taking that action. Why? Like what is the big one that you're helping the most with? So you can answer whichever direction you want to go. Um, my my fear. I, I mean that that's that's such a loaded question that goes so many directions. Um, that it, it's that's again that's probably a whole separate podcast. But um. Uh, no, I, you know, I think, I think it's, it's a lot of things, you know, that always going to that next level, um, that, that big question in the back of our head, like, you know, are, am I capable? Am I good enough? You know, can I, do I really want the pressure? Mm. You know, I, I think that's always a fear. Um, am I ready for what I'm doing? You know, I'm, we're, we're, I, I have multiple things I'm working on right now and I'm looking on taking on other things and we're building, you know, we're building an education component to what we're doing and, you know, um, you know, I think for a long time, I feared having haters, <laughs> right? And having, hater, having haters, right? Having people oh. on trolls, right? You know, and then I got my first troll and I'm like, yes, I got my first troll. Um, so I don't, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's, there, there, there are a lot of things that I'm afraid of. I'll just put that out there. There are a lot of things that, um, you know, putting myself out there, you know, um, understanding, you know, uh, that, that I am a badass, I guess I hate to say that out loud, you know, but, uh, you know, accepting that I am, you know, I'm great. I'm, 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 I am a sales beast. I know that for a fact, you put me on the phone with a seller and if they can be closed, I can close them. And I don't follow any of the sales systems out there. I just, I've developed an instinct through the years from sucking and Monday morning quarterbacking myself and beating myself up that has become, you know, instinctual in my gut and I can feel it. And I just, I know, I know how to close people. And so, you know, I'm working on one of the things I want to do is our, our, be able to articulate that and train people to do that and train people to develop the skill that I've developed over the years, you know, but it's a little scary because there's other wonderful sales trainer, trainers out there. So there's, we all have these roadblocks, right? Um, and I just want to share that because um, everybody, I don't care who it is out there, um, has had to overcome that at different points and that will have to overcome that. I guarantee Gary V, you know, his dream was to own a team. And I guarantee you that, you know, that, that owning a team, you know, would be the scariest thing, you know, when that transition, I, I don't even know if he's actually bought it. I think he did, but um, <laughs> I know uh, maybe he didn't, but I'm sure actually doing it was scary, you know, or is going to be scary. Right. So um, that, that step, the, even if it's our biggest dream is scary for everybody. Um, so that's me on the, the people that I've worked with. Well, thank you first. First for, I mean, I want to say thank you for that because it's really, it's interesting because as I, I'm, I'm imagining as I interview more people for this podcast, that there's going to be a whole lot of surface level answers. Right. And that's fine, you know, because that's another fear we all have is being vulnerable and sharing something about that. But, you know, I want to say you are a badass and, you know, it's interesting how that kind of represents like for, for us to even say that about ourselves, represents what's really kind of keeping is most of the issue for most of us right is right. to expand because it's this these beliefs of who we are mm -hmm. you know and what we're capable of and like the, the fear of what's next and are we going to be able to handle it right right yeah so thank you yeah. for, 
for like getting in there and, and sharing that part of it. Not a problem. Not a problem. You know, I mean, um, I think, I think, uh, there's a part, there's a side of me that's like, how vulnerable do I get, you know, and is that going to turn people away, you know, and then, and then how, you know, but there's, I just, I have to say it like it is like, I was scared to death to get on the mic when I first started recording podcasts, you know, uh, you and I shared a stage together and there was a point where getting on a stage was absolutely like the scariest thing in the world to me. And now I just want to be on every stage I can be on. So, um, I remember standing on stage, we were at, we shared a stage and I, I don't know if you're there or not, but I remember my slides were off and I shared with the audience, like at one point, this would have freaked me out. Like this would have scared me to death. You know, um, I was in, in one of the, somebody in the audience said, well, you know, how'd you overcome it? And I was like, I just did it. And that was the honest answer is usually when something completely scares me, I remember jumping off a bridge one time, it was the scariest thing I ever did, but I just didn't think about it. And I did it, you know? And it was a long fall and I had time to think about the decision I made until I hit the water. <laughs> but, uh, but that's generally, that's the only way to overcome fear because you don't know what perfect looks like. You don't know um, any of the answers. You just got to do it and then figure out what's broken along the way and make the adjustments. And, you know, if you look through this whole conversation, that's all I do is I throw it against the wall and find the cracks and fill the cracks. I don't try to make it perfect before I do it. And so, yeah. Anyway. Well, and what's interesting too is I, at some point, I think that I felt like I've, I've done that enough, right? Like I've overcome enough. I'm, I'm good for a while. Right. And that stagnation is not good, right? That it's almost like I've already proven myself. Do I really have to keep, but that's life, right? Like if you, right. if you want to, to go as far as you can in life and really all of it is, is showing us each step of the way what we're capable of and, and what we really are made of. Right. You know, it's just kind of like, it's peeling those layers back and showing us more of who we really are, which is beautiful. Right. And if we don't do that, we don't ever know. And we just feel like something's off. Right. And, and I think that we, I, I think that um, that's part of our disease too, as entrepreneurs is we can't have stagnation. We always got to feel like we're building something. We're breaking something. We're fixing something. Right. I mean, that's, that's part of our drug, right? You're a pilot. And part of being a pilot is, is some of that, you know, your, your life is in the hands of yourself in that airplane, right? Yeah. And there's a thrill to that and a freedom to that, right? And um, <clears throat> I think that's how we're built as entrepreneurs. And that, that kind of goes to the next question about the fear of um, some of the people that we've worked with. And I, and I think FOMO is one of those biggest fears um, fear of missing out. And I, I want to say that because most of the people that I see that are struggling, um, in this business, aren't usually struggling from not taking action. That, that's like, that's, that's more of a newbie thing. And to be honest, a lot of newbies that just don't understand it, um, will have the fear of taking action. A lot of the people that I've gotten the chance to work with have taken action, um, taken massive action, but now they fear not doing that marketing channel or not doing this or not doing that. And they built these massive businesses that aren't profitable because they're chasing too many things and they don't know what done looks like for that business. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, the, I think it's the fear of setting, sitting down, maybe it's not a fear, but um, it's the discipline of sitting down and 
describing and identifying what your business is and what it's going to be and what done looks like in your business so that you don't create handcuffs, you don't create a prison for yourself, you actually create a business you can enjoy and then give yourself permission once that thing is set and going maybe to build something else instead of continuing to build and break the business you have, which you've been guilty of, my friend. Um, so, <laughs> right? Oh, it's not perfect. Maybe, Rebuild it. <laughs> so, but that's, I think that's part of our disease, right? And so, you know, and there, there's some fear in that of missing out. I think there's just the not knowing and not being an experienced business owners. And there, there's a lot of things that are all wrapped up into that. But um, defining your business, describing what success looks like to you, describing what the end goal looks like, what your perfect day looks like, like knowing that going into that and then building your business by design, I think is very, very important. And not looking at everybody else's highlight reel, because most highlight reels are bullshit anyway, excuse my language, I'm sorry, but they are. And they are garbage and they're just what you see on Facebook because you don't see all the struggle behind it. And, um, and you should build the business that's right for you and not what you see on Instagram or Facebook and then decide what's next, if that makes sense. And that's, mm. and it's that, that fear of missing out that I think is something that I want to hammer into people that you don't need to suffer from that anymore. You need to just build your life your way. Absolutely. I, I love that. I love the way you said that too. And, and for me, I think it's more of at this point in my life, it's 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 kind of letting like having that idea of where I, I want to be, but I'm not completely attached to needing it to turn out that way. I'm kind of letting things unfold in a way that kind of naturally happen instead of controlling, forcing and right. trying to make things like because then it's stressful because you're like, well, I'm not there yet and I need to be there. I need to you know, why do you need to be there? You don't need to be there. Right. Like, like allowing ourselves to to fall into it and let it let it just happen and work because I think a lot of times we are the roadblocks we are the reason why things aren't happening you know in a way that's going to make us happy it's because we're trying to make it look like you said like someone else's highlight reel you know mm -hmm. I want what they have oh, and then all of a sudden you feel like crap because you don't have what they have and what you're doing is you know on the hamster wheel going how come I don't look like that how come I don't feel like how they look like they feel you know and something's off it's incongruent so right. yeah, that's a big point. All right. So we, I know we don't have that much time left. I want to, to let people out there listening know what you're working on right now, what you have going on and who it's for, right? In case anybody's interested in maybe being a part of any of it. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, the, the thing that I'm really passionate about is the inner circle elite. Um, and it is a mastermind and there are other options out there and they're all great options. You know, I think what makes us different is we're not about chest beating. We're about getting your problems solved and helping you build the best business you can build. And whether that means that you just want to do X amount of deals a year, or you want some massive machine, like we're not here to tell you what business you should have. We're here as a community to help you build the business that's best for you. And there's something that's incredible about having people behind you that get what you're doing, that are willing to fight the battle with you, that have either tried something and can give you some advice on what worked and didn't work for them, or are willing to try something with you. If you're not part of a circle, if you don't have a community, you need a community. I would love for it to be the inner circle. You can go to beinthisroom.com and check that out and apply and see if it's the right fit. You obviously got to be doing deals. You got to gotta have a business to be part of that um, community. Um, but it's, I just think it's important because we're surrounded by, you know, our spouses and our relatives, you know, my, no, nobody in my circle does what I do. So they don't know the problems I have. We, I can't have a conversation about cold calling to direct mail with 
you know, a cousin, right? They're, they're, they want me to teach them what I'm doing, or they're not even interested. So to be able to have a quality conversation with somebody like you, Danny, right, who is been through it and understands it. And um, it's just, there's something about that that's so important. So that's, that's my passion. You know, we, you know, I'm passionate about helping, um, you know, newer investors. We have um, several levels of coaching and mentoring available. So um, you can always just send me an email at donnafliptalk.com and, and with, with coaching um, in the subject line. And, um, or you can go to flipdoc.com and um, there's some, I, I believe you go to the resources page. We got some really cool giveaways there. In fact, you go to fliptalk.com slash app. Um, you can um, have access to a ton of resources, free resources we have available. It's, it's a login. We'll be updating it regularly with new videos and resources and giveaways. So it's not a one and done situation. And you can find out information there as well about some of the coaching stuff we got going on. So there's a few ways um, to, to get to us. The one, the one thing I want to say is, you know, we're, I'm, I'm building something where I'm basically, I've gotten the buy-in from, you know, wonderful business owners from around the country that are helping me, you know, mentor and, and help people. And, um, and I want to help as many people become millionaires and successful in their business or achieve whatever dream it is they have as I possibly can. Nice. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. And you said it pretty quick, so I'm going to slow it down for some people so they don't have to go back and try to hear it and, and figure it out. But in this room.com, right? Be in, be, be in this room.com. Oh, be in this room. See, it's good. Okay. Yeah. Because I haven't missed it. Okay. Be in this room.com and then fliptalk.com slash app, APP. APP. And then dawn at fliptalk.com. I want to make sure everybody is, has a, a way to, to get a hold of you. Yeah. Um, I yeah. do talk a little fast, don't I? <laughs> well, I mean, when you got to those spots, it was really fast. I was like, man. Yeah. Right. Yeah, okay. that's that, that. That's the problem with flip talk is you, you can't say it and not have it be somewhat of a tongue twister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I have to now. I have to say it. There, there was a video I had for a long time, and I think it was on one of the websites, and and I had like a, an opt-in below a video or something, and I said like the and just go ahead and and click the button below. You know, like blow this video. And I just kept hearing, I was like, just blow this video. And I just, you know, like for, it bothered me so much. I wanted to clean it up and, and make the, but anyway, I'm still thinking about it. See how that's how much it was in my head. Right. But that's, that's one of those things again, about putting yourself out there. Right. Like that's uh, one of the things that we're dealing with, but thanks for being on the show, Don. And I know that uh, you were on several of the, the old podcast and I'm sure I'll have you on several more times on this podcast. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate you having me on, man. I love sharing. So cool. All right, man. Have a good one. You too. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. Now, during that call, Don talked about showing the people on his team or his acquisitions person at the time was, was handling the calls. Some example calls of him taking calls and how he worked with the seller and showed that kind of thing. And that's a really cool way to train your staff. And we have that built into Forefront CRM with the integration to CallRail where you can record all of your communications with the seller or your team's communication so that you can review those. So you always know how well things are being handled. You can go in and listen to whichever ones you want. And it's, it's a great way to train your team and know how everything's being handled. The other thing is the end of day reports. Now he actually was the, the idea. He, he told me about those end of day reports and how much he loved those. And, and I thought that was a brilliant idea for the, the system. So we created that within Forefront CRM where you can get those end of day reports. And actually we modeled it after 
his honing of his from getting those emails from all of his, his staff and then deciding on what he wanted to see. So that was pretty cool. So if you want to check that out, you can check out ForefrontCRM.com. Thanks again for listening to the Braver Podcast. We'll have another one for you next week and hope to see you then. Thanks. Thanks.